0: Section six of Scenes from a Courtesan's Life by Honore de Balzac, translated by James Waring. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain, recording by Bruce Peary. Esther Happy Chapter Six. Herrera lived in the Rue Cassette, near Saint Sulpice, the church to which he was attached. This building, hard and stern in style, suited this Spaniard, whose discipline was that of the Dominicans. A lost son of Ferdinand the Seventh's astute policy, he devoted himself to the cause of the Constitution, knowing that this devotion could never be rewarded till the restoration of the rey Neto. Carlos Herrera had thrown himself body and soul into the Camarilla at the moment when the Cortes seemed likely to stand and hold their own. To the world, this conduct seemed to proclaim a superior soul the duc d'angouleme's expedition had been carried out king ferdinand was on the throne and carlos herrera did not go to claim the reward of his services at madrid fortified against curiosity by his diplomatic taciturnity he assigned as his reason for remaining in paris his strong affection for lucien de rubempre to which the young man already owed the king's patent relating to his change of name herrera lived very obscurely as priests employed on secret missions traditionally live he fulfilled his religious duties at saint-sulpice never went out but on business and then after dark and in a hackney cab his day was filled up with a siesta in the spanish fashion which arranges for sleep between the two chief meals and so occupies the hours when paris is in a busy turmoil the spanish cigar also played its part and consumed time as well as tobacco laziness is a mask as gravity is and that again is laziness herrera lived on the second floor in one wing of the house and lucien occupied the other wing the two apartments were separated and joined by a large reception-room of antique magnificence suitable equally to the grave priest and to the young poet the courtyard was gloomy large thick trees shaded the garden silence and reserve are always found in the dwellings chosen by priests Herrera's lodging may be described in one word, a cell. Lucien's, splendid with luxury and furnished with every refinement of comfort, combined everything that the elegant life of a dandy demands—a poet, a writer, ambitious and dissipated, at once vain and vainglorious, utterly heedless and yet wishing for order, one of those incomplete geniuses who have some power to wish, to conceive, which is perhaps the same thing but no power at all to execute these two lucien and herrera formed a body politic this no doubt was the secret of their union old men in whom the activities of life have been uprooted and transplanted to the sphere of interest often feel the need of a pleasing instrument a young and impassioned actor to carry out their schemes richelieu too late found a handsome pale face with a young mustache to cast in the way of women whom he wanted to amuse misunderstood by giddy-pated younger men he was compelled to banish his master's mother and terrify the queen after having tried to make each fall in love with him though he was not cut out to be loved by queens do what we will always in the course of an ambitious life we find a woman in the way just when we least expect such an obstacle however great a political man may be he always needs a woman to set against a woman just as the dutch use a diamond to cut a diamond rome at the height of its power yielded to this necessity and observe how immeasurably more imposing was the life of mazarin the italian cardinal than that of richelieu the french cardinal richelieu met with opposition from the great nobles and he applied the axe he died in the flower of his success worn out by this duel for which he had only a capuchin monk as his second mazarin was repulsed by the citizen class and the nobility armed allies who sometimes victoriously put royalty to flight but anne of austria's devoted servant took off no heads he succeeded in vanquishing the whole of france and trained louis the fourteenth who completed richelieu's work by strangling the nobility with gilded cords in the grand seraglio of versailles madame de pompadour dead choiseul fell had herrera soaked his mind in these high doctrines had he judged himself at an earlier age than Richelieu? Had he chosen Lucien to be his Saint Mars, but a faithful Saint Mars? No one could answer these questions or measure this Spaniard's ambition, as no one could foresee what his end might be. These questions asked by those who were able to see anything of this coalition, which was long kept a secret, might have unveiled a horrible mystery which lucien himself had known but a few days carlos was ambitious for two that was what his conduct made plain to those persons who knew him and who all imagined that lucien was the priest's illegitimate son fifteen months after lucien's reappearance at the opera ball which led him too soon into a world where the priest had not wished to see him till he should have fully armed him against it he had three fine horses in his stable a coupe for evening use a cab and a tilbury to drive by day he dined out every day herrera's foresight was justified his pupil was carried away by dissipation he thought it necessary to effect some diversion in the frenzied passion for Esther that the young man still cherished in his heart. After spending something like 40,000 francs, every folly had brought Lucien back with increased eagerness to la torpille. He searched for her persistently, and as he could not find her, she became to him what game is to the sportsman could herrera understand the nature of a poet's love when once this feeling has mounted to the brain of one of these great little men after firing his heart and absorbing his senses the poet becomes as far superior to humanity through love as he already is through the power of his imagination a freak of intellectual heredity has given him the faculty of expressing nature by imagery to which he gives the stamp both of sentiment and of thought, and he lends his love the wings of his spirit. He feels and he paints, he acts and meditates, he multiplies his sensations by thought. Present felicity becomes threefold through aspiration for the future and memory of the past, and with it he mingles the exquisite delights of the soul which makes him the prince of artists. Then the poet's passion becomes a fine poem in which human proportion is often set at naught. Does not the poet then place his mistress far higher than women crave to sit? Like the sublime Knight of La Mancha, he transfigures a peasant girl to be a princess. He uses for his own behoof the wand with which he touches everything, turning it into a wonder and thus enhances the pleasure of loving by the glorious glamour of the ideal such a love is the very essence of passion it is extreme in all things in its hopes in its despair in its rage in its melancholy in its joy it flies it leaps it crawls it is not like any of the emotions known to ordinary men it is to everyday love what the perennial alpine torrent is to the lowland brook these splendid geniuses are so rarely understood that they spend themselves in hopes deceived they are exhausted by the search for their ideal mistress and almost always die like gorgeous insects splendidly adorned for their love festival by the most poetical of nature's inventions and crushed under the foot of a passer-by but there is another danger when they meet with the form that answers to their soul and which not unfrequently is that of a baker's wife they do as raphael did as the beautiful insect does they die in the Fornarina's arms. Lucien was at this pass. His poetical temperament, excessive in all things, in good as in evil, had discerned the angel in this girl, who was tainted by corruption rather than corrupt. He always saw her white, winged, pure and mysterious, as she had made herself for him, understanding that he would have her so towards the end of the month of may eighteen twenty five lucien had lost all his good spirits he never went out dined with herrera sat pensive worked read volumes of diplomatic treatises squatted turkish fashion on a divan and smoked three or four hookahs a day his groom had more to do in cleaning and perfuming the tubes of this noble pipe than in currying and brushing down the horses' coats and dressing them with cockades for driving in the bois as soon as the spaniard saw lucien pale and detected a malady in the frenzy of suppressed passion he determined to read to the bottom of this man's heart on which he founded his life one fine evening when lucien lounging in an armchair was mechanically contemplating the hues of the setting sun through the trees in the garden blowing up the mist of scented smoke in slow regular clouds as pensive smokers are wont he was roused from his reverie by hearing a deep sigh he turned and saw the abbe standing by him with folded arms you were there said the poet for some time said the priest my thoughts have been following the wide sweep of yours lucien understood his meaning i have never affected to have an iron nature such as yours is to me life is by turns paradise and hell when by chance it is neither it bores me and i am bored how can you be bored when you have such splendid prospects before you if I have no faith in those prospects, or if they are too much shrouded—' "'Do not talk nonsense,' said the priest. "'It would be far more worthy of you and of me that you should open your heart to me. There is now that between us which ought never to have come between us—a secret. This secret has subsisted for sixteen months. You are in love.' "'And what then?' a foul hussy called la torpille well my boy i told you you might have a mistress but a woman of rank pretty young influential a countess at least i had chosen Madame d'espard for you to make her the instrument of your fortune without scruple for she would never have perverted your heart she would have left you free to love a prostitute of the lowest class when you have not like kings the power to give her high rank is a monstrous blunder and am i the first man who had renounced ambition to follow the lead of a boundless passion good said the priest stooping to pick up the mouthpiece of the hookah which lucien had dropped on the floor i understand the retort cannot love and ambition be reconciled child you have a mother in old herrera a mother who is wholly devoted to you i know it old friend said lucien taking his hand and shaking it you wished for the toys of wealth you have them you want to shine i am guiding you into the paths of power i kiss very dirty hands to secure your advancement and you will get on a little while yet and you will lack nothing of what can charm man or woman though effeminate in your caprices your intellect is manly i have dreamed all things of you i forgive you all you have only to speak to have your ephemeral passions gratified i have aggrandized your life by introducing into it that which makes it delightful to most people the stamp of political influence and dominion you will be as great as you now are small but you must not break the machine by which we coin money i grant you all you will excepting such blunders as will destroy your future prospects when I can open the drawing-rooms of the Faubourg Saint-Germain to you, I forbid your wallowing in the gutter. Lucien, I mean to be an iron stanchion in your interest. I will endure everything from you for you. Thus, I have transformed your lack of tact in the game of life into the shrewd stroke of a skillful player. Lucien looked up with a start of furious impetuosity i carried off la torpille you cried lucien in a fit of animal rage the poet jumped up flung the jeweled mouthpiece in the priest's face and pushed him with such violence as to throw down that strong man I said the spaniard getting up and preserving his terrible gravity his black wig had fallen off a bald skull as shining as a death's head showed the man's real countenance it was appalling lucien sat on his divan his hands hanging limp overpowered and gazing at the abbe with stupefaction i carried her off the priest repeated what did you do with her you took her away the day after the opera ball yes the day after i had seen a woman who belonged to you insulted by wretches whom i would not have condescended to kick downstairs wretches interrupted lucien say rather monsters compared with whom those who are guillotined are angels do you know what the unhappy torpe had done for three of them one of them was her lover for two months she was poor and picked up a living in the gutter he had not a sou like me when you rescued me he was very near the river this fellow would get up at night and go to the cupboard where the girl kept the remains of her dinner and eat it at last she discovered the trick she understood the shameful thing and took care to leave a great deal then she was happy she never told any one but me that night coming home from the opera the second had stolen some money but before the theft was found out she lent him the sum which he was enabled to replace and which he always forgot to repay to the poor child as to the third she made his fortune by playing out a farce worthy of figaro's genius she passed as his wife and became the mistress of a man in power who believed her to be the most innocent of good citizens to one she gave life to another honor to the third fortune what does it all count for to-day and this is how they reward her would you like to see them dead said herrera in whose eyes there were tears come that is just like you i know you by that nay hear all raving poet said the priest la torpille is no more lucien flew at herrera to seize him by the throat with such violence that any other man must have fallen backwards but the spaniard's arm held off his assailant come listen said he coldly i have made another woman of her chaste pure well-bred religious a perfect lady she is being educated she can if she may under the influence of your love become a ninon a marion Delorme, a du barry as the journalist at the opera ball remarked you may proclaim her your mistress or you may retire behind a curtain of your own creating which will be wiser by either method you will gain profit and pride pleasure and advancement but if you are as great a politician as you are a poet esther will be no more to you than any other woman of the town for later perhaps she may help us out of difficulties she is worth her weight in gold drink but do not get tipsy if i had not held the reins of your passion where would you be now rolling with la torpilla in the slough of misery from which i dragged you here read this said herrera as simply as talma in manlius which he had never seen a sheet of paper was laid on the poet's knees and startled him from the ecstasy and surprise with which he had listened to this astounding speech he took it and read the first letter written by mademoiselle esther to monsieur l'Abbé carlos herrera my dear protector will you not suppose that gratitude is stronger in me than love when you see that the first use I make of the power of expressing my thoughts is to thank you, instead of devoting it to pouring forth a passion that Lucien has perhaps forgotten. But to you, divine man, I can say what I should not dare to tell him, who to my joy still clings to earth. Yesterday's ceremony has filled me with treasures of grace, and I place my fate in your hands even if i must die far away from my beloved i shall die purified like the Magdalene, and my soul will become to him the rival of his guardian angel can i ever forget yesterday's festival how could i wish to abdicate the glorious throne to which i was raised yesterday i washed away every stain in the waters of baptism and received the sacred body of my redeemer i am become one of his tabernacles at that moment i heard the songs of angels i was more than a woman born to a life of light amid the acclamations of the whole earth admired by the world in a cloud of incense and prayers that were intoxicating adorned like a virgin for the heavenly spouse thus finding myself worthy of lucien which i had never hoped to be i abjured impure love and vowed to walk only in the paths of virtue if my flesh is weaker than my spirit let it perish be the arbiter of my destiny and if i die tell lucien that i died to him when i was born to god lucien looked up at the abbe with eyes full of tears you know the rooms that Caroline Belfoy had in the Rue Théboux, the Spaniard said. The poor creature cast off by her magistrate was in the greatest poverty. She was about to be sold up. I bought the place, all standing, and she turned out with her clothes. Esther, the angel who aspired to heaven, has alighted there and is waiting for you at this moment lucien heard his horses pawing the ground in the courtyard he was incapable of expressing his admiration for a devotion which he alone could appreciate he threw himself into the arms of the man he had insulted made amends for all by a look and the speechless effusion of his feelings then he flew downstairs confided esther's address to his tiger's ear and the horses went off as if their master's passion had lived in their legs end of section 6